focus, children. It is time we remind the world who we are. What category should we walk? Superhero. Why don't you just give Mother Samanex instead? Royalty. But we should all walk it together. All of the house children. What are we gonna do? Run down to Burger King and get some paper crowns? <laughs> children and let your mother speak i know what we're going to do she is the mother of invention and this is where the goodness comes from we will walk together as the royal house of abundance oh, oh no wait hold on a minute that's the third time this week you've taken my idea as your own and these bitches have gone along with it everyone to my version of a podcast ball <laughs> welcome to the house of poser all you posers out there this is the carefree black nerd review show for fx's newest series pose this is airing on sundays at 9 p.m eastern time i'm sure uh now for those of you who don't know pose is another show that is taking a look at the ballroom culture of the New York City uh, in the 80s. Uh, it's very reminiscent of a Paris is Burning, in a sense. Now, the show is set in the 1980s. Pose is a dance musical that explores the juxtaposition of several segments of life and society in New York. Uh, the ball culture, the ballroom culture, uh, the rise of luxury in the Trump era universe, and the downtown social and literary scene now this is something that i'm very very excited to dive into i was questioning if i would even tackle this show considering i am also doing the my house review show with uh, my co-host balu of the get into it podcast now i was like oh this is going to be a very commercial take on a uh on our culture it's more culture vultures it's more uh, you know, appropriation and such. I was just, I, I, in my head, I had it like, I am not going to like this show on the principal alone. And it's just like, bro, you're being silly. Like, I, um, I was like, okay, what, why, why be upset at this show? <laughs> like, I don't know. That was just like my first reaction. I'm like, okay, well, you, you got to do better. So, um, kind of diving a little bit more into uh, Pose. Now, making television history, Pose features the largest cast of transgendered actors in a series regular roles. Again, so I'm kicking myself for even thinking initially that I would not want to cover this. Now, uh, we all know that My Hill to Die On is always representation in comics and related media. This being a very big, bold, italicized, underlined related media. Again... Transgender Pose features the largest cast of transgender actors in a series regular roles. And this isn't, again, the uh, butt of the joke being the masculine man in a dress. This isn't being some offshoot sidekick, some, you know, supporting character to push someone else's narrative forward. These are transgendered persons in a series regular. Like, come on. Uh, the Pose is... Uh, the first episode aired June 3rd, Sunday, June 3rd, and f phenomenal. My timeline was blowing up. You know, I was like, oh, shit, okay. I, 
unfortunately didn't watch it on the first go round, but then I've watched it three or four times since then. And at the time of this recording, it's been about three or four times. Now, again, as I can't stress it, I'm going to read this line again. <laughs> Pose features the largest cast of transgender actors in series regular roles, like regular roles. God. All right, so as well as the largest reoccurring cast of LGBTQ actors ever for a scripted series, the transgender class in class cast, well, class two, the transgender class includes MJ Rodriguez, Dominique Jackson, India Moore, Holly Sahar, and Angelica Ross, who co-star alongside Evan Peters, Kate Mara, James Vanderbeek, yo, James Vanderbeek, <laughs> like what the hell? All right, Dawson. Uh, Tony Award winner Billy Porter, uh, Shalane Woodard, oh, Charlene, Charlene, oh, forgive me, I know I butchered your name, and newcomers uh, Ryan Jamal Swain, Dylan Burns, and Angel Bismarck Cruel. Now, I know I, I butchered those last three as well, so charges to my head, not my heart. Now, uh, the story is Evan Peters and Kate Mara, which is, uh, okay, I'll just give it to you as it's presented to me. Evan Peters and Kate Mara play New Jersey couple Stan and Patty, <laughs> kind of names, uh, who get sucked into the glamour and intrigue of New York City in the 1980s, as epitomized by Matt James Vanderbeek, who is Stan's boss. Now, MJ Rodriguez stars as Blanca, uh, which I have to tell you already, and I know this is the way it was written and the way they, you know, wanted you to <laughs> feel, but I fucking love Blanca. Like, I. Yes, I'm here for Blanca. Um, now, Blanca, who uh, breaks from the House of Abundance and her former house mother, Electra, which is, again, ugh, you, you'll know. I'll get to it. Uh, Electra, played by Dominique Jackson, to form her own house, a self-selected family that provides support to the LGBTQ youth rejected by their birth families. India Moore plays Angel, and Angel is one of my favorites. I can say that up front. Um, Angel is a streetwalker who develops feelings for her new client, Stan. Uh-oh, Stan and Patty? Yeah, that's Stan. <laughs> now, Ryan Jamal Swain plays Damon, a dancer who joins Blanca's house. Together, they compete in the balls where house members challenge each other in various categories and are judged on their outfits, attitude, or dance skills. Under the watchful eye of Pray Tale, played by Billy Porter, and let me tell you, Pray Tale motherfucking did that. That nigga, I, look, kudos, kudos to you, Billy Porter. Um, Praytail, who played by Billy Porter, is a grandfather to all the children who compete in the house balls. Now, Electra's House of Abundance <laughs> and Blanca's upstart house of Evangelista <laughs> face off in what may develop into a legendary rivalry. Now, Pose was co-created by Ryan Murphy, Brad Falchuk, and Stephen Canals, with Murphy directing the first two episodes. Now, the series is executive produced by Murphy, Falchuk, Nina Jacobson, Brad Simpson, Alexis Martin, Woodard, excuse me, Alexis Martin Woodard, and Sherry Marsh. Uh, Kennels and Silas Howard serve as co-executive producers, and Janet Mock, <laughs> Our Lady J, and Erica Kay also serve as producers. The eight-episode first season is produced by Fox 21st, 21st Vision Studios and FX Productions. So, getting right into this show, I have to say, I have always, my entire life since childhood, have always been 
in love with the 80s the aesthetics the music the the, the looks the uh the physicalness <laughs> if that's even a thing and this show did that for me um i don't speak on it much and i think when i we decided to do the my house review show that's when it kind of came to a head but 80s culture and all things that signal 80s have this nostalgic hole in my heart where it will always be. Um, especially, and then you have the gay culture, so there's the intersection of just 80s and then the gay subculture, ballroom and whatnot. And the first time I ever saw Paris is Burning, I cannot pinpoint the very first time. I just remember knowing about it and seeing it. And then like you have the Paris is Burning imagery. You have the imagery from the 80s as a whole. And then I remember being, and I'm telling my age here for you uh, millennials out there, going to the library, be it at school or the public library, and then having those textbooks that have the covers uh, be it a health book, a fun storybook, or whatever, and it was so clearly '80s with the like stonewashed denim, the, the 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 plaids, the stripes, the the chunkiness, the the chains, the the Madonna hairstyles, all of that. It's just that speaks to me on this like nostalgic level that I just can't. I I stand for the '80s, <laughs> the whole decade, um, aesthetically, anyways. And so when watching this show, like I said before, I was kind of apprehensive about even trying to embrace it. But then I was like, okay, well, you can't really, what, what's the harm in embracing this show, at least, you know, to watch through once or twice. And they, they sold me. This show, the first episode did something that, uh, the first episode is the pilot, but for the purposes of uh, <laughs> my uh, the house of poser pod or uh, poser pod if you will I'll settle on a hashtag and sometime within the recording but I this show this was the pilot episode and it um, very much gave you everything and it was a very successful pilot and I say that because a lot of times you'll get shows where, okay, we know we have 13 episodes, so we're going to do this. Or we know we have 22 episodes, so we're going to do this. This is a new show. This is something that's in the same vein of my house. It's something that's new to the uh, general public. Who knows how it'll be received? So what I have to do is get as much out to you as possible in this first episode to make you want to come back for more. They successfully, they've done that. This is an hour-long show. I think the first episode was like an hour and 18 minutes. Um, and I watched this via FX's app, so I don't know if that matters at all. I didn't. I had a few commercials, but they were only for, uh, what is it, the Bohemian Rhapsody show or movie or whatever. So the show gives you, like the first opening scene, we get the drama and whatnot, but everything that happens with the house is fucking... Okay, so I'm not going to do a a play-by-play -play for this first episode, possibly for the second, but the we get Blanca and we get uh, Mother. I'm just going to refer to her as Mother because this motherfucker is a mother. And the house children, they're sitting around. This is the house of abundance. And they're sitting around being 80s, looking 80s, and Angel... Again, I know this is just a side effect of the good storytelling, both visually and through the scripting, but I, I focus on Angel right away. 
I knew I wanted to know more about her. Everyone else, though they were glamorous and had bold colors, kind of faded into the background. Uh, but Mother, um, Angel, and Blanca stood out. And Blanca, oh my God, it's, again, I am a cis male. I am not uh, trans, so there's only so much I can speak to. But just looking on the surface of what we were presented with, seeing this clearly bitterness coming from Mother just oozing off of her, took me back because I didn't expect to get this level of I want to say catty this level of pettiness and I don't know anger at all or even so soon now taking a step back we are in 1987 uh, New York so that's approximately 30-31 years ago and I like that mother is a black woman this is a black tall fucking amazing as well this is this woman towers over everyone else in the house and then you have Blanca who is light skin and I bring uh, complexion in because that will always be a part of kind of black culture it is light skin dark skin not necessarily light skin versus dark skin but having to acknowledge or uh, yeah acknowledge the differences in color now I they make you want to hate mother and I, I don't hate her, but uh, what she said initially was uh, two, two of the girls, and I don't, they, their names escape me. I'm not going to <clears throat> really kind of harp on them because they didn't play big parts in the first episode, but they were playing around with something about how do I get my hair like Madonna's and such and such, and mother from the back, camera shot from the back, and she's sitting at a vanity, and is like, you know, I don't even know what she's at work for. It was like, you... Dear disgusting trivial things the house of Pendavis has stolen our uh, trophies and the house of uh, abundance has been on top forever just like that's paraphrasing but she like cut them down so she's like yeah well what are we gonna do and so Blanca who's up cooking and I have to okay I have to get across what they they look like so now the two chicks that were just talking about hair and shit they look like 90s 90s 80s girls whatever Mother looks like every bit of Dallas, every bit of opulence in her like robe and hair just down. We go to the stove where Blanca is cooking and she still looks 80s as well. Got the half halter top with the off the shoulder and whatnot and some jeans. But she looks very regular, like a regular girl in the 80s. So she's like, oh, okay, I know we can do. We can walk, you know, royalty at the next ball, such and such, because Mother's mad because, of course, Pendavis stole our crown. Mother gets up, and I am, I'm like, okay. She cut into it like, oh, that's a horrible idea, blah, blah whatever. And she gets, she said, oh, listen to Mother. Mother knows we're going to walk as a house, the royal house of abundance, something to that effect. So for me, the viewer, I'm like, Bitch, Blanca just said that. So I'm like, I'm like, okay. So I now I'm already emotionally invested because I'm like, it's some some shady shit going on in here. I need to know what the fuck they got going on. So they uh, kind of get into a back and forth, and Mother is intense as hell. Like Mother is in motherfucking tense. Like I um, I, I and something about her acting. It. Hmm, how do I say this? Is um Dominique Jackson. This is something about her acting where it is. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but she was intense in this scene. So her, what she's saying is, which, like I said, I think the show wants us to not like her, 
But what she said to Blanca was, because Blanca was like, this is the third time this week you've stolen my idea. She's like, yeah, you might have an idea. You might have the right ingredients, but it's how you cook it, something to that effect. And at first I wanted to be upset with her, but I'm like, you know what? Honestly, I'm I'm still siding with Blanca because she said this and you clearly just ripped this <laughs> idea out of her head like a second after she got done saying it. But at the same time, you are a part of this house. And even if we give you this praise for this is what you came up with, like what happens next? I, I guess I'm kind of looking at this house that mother has as a business. Like if you go into designing for Disney, not, it's not yours. If you design a new character and now Little Mermaid has a black sister, that's Disney's. Yes, you might have created, but that is Disney. So I'm, I'm, I'm seeing both sides of the coin and I don't know where to fall. Like I'm defaulting to Blanca because I'm like, shit, you just stole this girl's idea. And Mother is intense. But then I'm like, this is just what we're seeing on the beginning. Are they going to try to flip it and then give us some backstory on Mother later on that are just like kind of like fuck with your head like yeah this is why she's being so aggressive and so you know angry and has such a visceral reaction or whatnot because there's clearly some tension there and i don't want to even put it on light skin versus dark skin because that i feel like that would be too simple especially considering mother is the darkest one in the house and all of the other girls no no, no i'm sorry there's the other girl from the from the beginning who wants to have her hair like madonna but she's clearly childish or not as mature or not as regal as mother is. And this this back and forth. And I, again, what we were presented with, like within the first like five to seven minutes was something that I thought would have taken like a couple episodes, but they dove right into it. The um, House of Abundance goes to some like Victorian fucking art showing at the museum. They robbed these motherfuckers blind. One up in a, like this show had me jumping up and down, yelling like, "Okay, I see you, get it!" Ah, like all that shit, because they go into this like cathedral or some like church building off the street, and they're getting dressed in the clothes that they stole. And at the same time, there's a ball happening, and I didn't even make the connection. I mean, I mean, I made it, but not as quickly as I probably should have, that they were getting dressed for the ball. So everyone else is going up and performing. And again, it gives me a very extended version of Paris is Burning. That's what it feels like. It feels like Paris is Burning is a great documentary, a movie in itself. And then this world of Pose kind of expands that movie. And it may be too early to say that, but that's how I felt after this first episode. So... I'm thinking, okay, this is commercial. They got a, a nice budget. They have trans actresses and actors. They have a, a full cast. They can't be tone deaf when it comes to the scripting. It's been good so far. But still in the back of my head, I did not give this show enough credit. And I think it's because of the whole Vanderbeek white storyline that's associated with it before I even saw the first episode. And because um, I was very kind of concerned about this culture, our culture being appropriated again or being consumed by whiteness and then spit out in a way that though it's glamorous and beautiful, it's still just to serve whiteness. And that's what I'm afraid of, still kind of sort of afraid of, less afraid as I was before I watched it, but I'm going to keep my eye on that because I have thoughts. But 
So I'm thinking, okay, when they go up there and they do the fashions and stuff, it's going to just be it beautiful. This is a very nice ball. And this is one of the things where I'm watching my house and I'm also watching Pose. And I'm seeing the differences and the similarities between the two. And I absolutely love it. And for those of you out there who are always trying to say, oh, pick a side or do this, I like this more than that, we can like both. We can both like Vice Lands, My House, and FX's Pose. Like, they're both good so far. Uh, my House is good, top of the line. Pose from this first episode, I'm, I'm, I'm invested. So the, the crew, the House of Abundance, they get dressed, walk in, and fucking slay. They slaughter every motherfucker out there that thought that they were going to get the crown. Now, I'm... A little, not confused, but I'm, yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit confused at how categories work in the universe of Pose. And I say that because I'm watching my house at the same time and I'm seeing what's what, and I've been to balls before, I participated in some, and I see how things are being executed. But when it comes to Pose, because Blanca made the suggestion of everyone walking as a house, where is the trying to think okay what did this category call for us for something royal but to just get up and walk as a house and not have you know these people these three will be walking like how, I, I don't <laughs> if you understand what i'm trying to say listeners please tweet me at uh <laughs> poser pod or use the hashtag uh let's see what else did i settle on uh <laughs> house of poser <laughs> yes house of poser but no um i i'm trying to figure out is it either because it's the 80s and things aren't structured the way that they are now or is it just a side effect of this being a show with a big budget on a network but it just seemed almost unfair that the whole house was walking this royal category when the contestants who or the participants who went up before it seemed like they were all individual so I, i'm not i'm not 100 percent sure there's a gray area there and maybe i'm thinking too deep into it but Listeners, if you know, please tweet me and let me know. Carefree Blurred, use the hashtag PoserPod or House of Poser. <laughs> so, uh, so we move on and... Okay, so I'm already losing my mind because these motherfuckers look good in these suits and dresses and crowns. They're performing their ass off. It looks beautiful, graceful. Like, I'm here for it all. Um... And then the police show up because they've been chasing them. They're like, oh, yeah, I know where they're going, blah, whatever. These motherfuckers going to go to this ball. I'm already fucking shouting at the top of my lungs, excited. Like, oh, they fucking it up, fucking it up, get it, get it, all that. Then when the police come in, knocking over chairs for no reason, mother looks at them and stops and she looks defeated. I'm like, okay, see, this is, this is how... This is a good show because now I'm invested. I need to know what the fuck is happening. I'm on pins and needles. I'm on the edge of my seat. Are they going to get arrested? What are they going to do? Are they going to fight? Are they going to run? This is within like the first 10 minutes. I'll, I'll say maybe 15. I don't know. It, it was the first chunk, <laughs> the first act. And when the camera focused on Mother with her regal, Beyonce, uh, bow down esque Snow White outfit, and she clapped and just threw up her hands as if like she knew she was getting arrested. And the rest of the house followed suit. Like, that that fucking scene had me just hollering. Like, how in the fuck you look damn good, for one. As a house, you fucking killed it. Tens across the board. Tens, tens across the board. When you walk out, they all applaud. Then the police come in, and you, you make your arrest look fucking... 
high class. I don't know what the, but that they fucking killed it. Oh my fucking god! Kudos to the, the show as a whole because I was just mind blown. Okay, so <laughs> I'm going to skip very far into the future. So, oh no, no, taking a couple steps back. Um, I mentioned the two chicks, the two daughters under mother, um, and their attitudes towards Blanca. And it really kind of fucked with me initially, but it came off as this very Cinderella and evil stepmother and stepsisters vibe with mother, the two sisters, and with Blanca. And they said, God damn it, mother said something to the effect of, during the argument, that, you know, you you wish by whatever and uh, Blanca's like well why would you you keep stealing my ideas by whatever she's like bitch I followed you when you were 17 kicked out on the street blah whatever you owe me what not the girls because mother said something about um, pretty much passing as a uh, trans woman passing as a woman um, as a cis woman excuse me and um, the two girls said yeah you're just a boy and girl in drag or something and I, I just I don't even identify, I don't identify as trans, and but I, and again, there's only so much that I can speak to, but the delivery and that line itself let you know, regardless to your understanding of the ballroom culture or gay culture or whatever, that that was a very deep fucking, I don't, slash knife in the back, like that was very, that was very low. And I just, oh my God. Again, they had me sucked in from, and I'm thinking like, why are you with these motherfuckers? That, and then on top of that, why do y'all have this type of relationship? Why these hoes don't fucking respect you? But whatever, it's explained later. The Another thing that has me over the hill with this show, because they're giving you so much so soon, is that we find out that Blanca is HIV positive. Now, again, this is something that, Nowadays, that storyline would probably take a while to come out. Like, they'd probably go through a couple episodes or do the Tyler Perry approach where she's coughing, like Janet Jackson and for Colored Girls. Like, I guess coughing signals HIV. I don't know. Um, but to get that right up front was like, damn, I don't, you didn't even, like, it just, but it's a part of the 80s. It's, you know, things that happen. And so um, I really like that right before we find out about Blanca, there is this guy. He's a white guy. He comes out. Of the office, and you don't really know where we are yet, but he starts crying, and then I, I'm sure others put it together quicker, quicker than I did. But until he started crying, I didn't realize what space we were in because I saw on these males, and then I saw Blanca, and I was like, "What the fuck is this? This, this ain't a gynecologist or nothing." So once he cried, I was like, "Okay, I, I get it." And when Blanca sat down with the doctor. Like you just knew, you knew what the result was going to be. You knew just by the the, the doctors, uh, the way she talked to her, the the pauses, the hesitations, and this is one of those uh, scenes that made me really love this show because Blanca's acting, the the physical acting, just with the facial expressions and and kind of ex- emoting, emoting. I think that's it, emoting, and giving, putting emotions out there without words is just it's top notch. Everyone else is good. This is a good show. But Blanca specifically has really been killed it, killed it for me this episode. Um, 
And she's like, you know, just give it to me straight, motherfucker. What it, it is, what it is. And then we fast forward to Blanca meeting with Pray Tell, which I fucking love Pray Tell. Pray t- oh my God. Pray Tell is, watch it for him. <laughs> watch the show, but Pray Tell is, is probably going to be a fan favorite going forward. But they're discussing her, um, Blanca's diagnosis. And she she's crying while they're talking. It's not like, a little kid, boo who I lost my dog, but she's crying. She's giving you emotion. And he's like, you know, ain't no point in crying about it. Uh, I don't understand why you went anyways. We all, we, you knew what the result was. And if you ain't got no symptoms and this and that, pretty much telling her like, you shouldn't have went. You should just live your life. And he said something like, oh, it's not, no, what's the point of crying out? She's like, these are tears of joy. No, of happiness. No, no. He said, these aren't sad tears. And it fucked me up and I was, and before she said, I said, oh, that's relief. That's what that is. And she said, she said, these are tears of relief because now I'm certain. I never think, I never thought I was going to be in this world for too long. Um, now I don't know the, the why, but I know how she said, but I know how I'm going out. Um, at least this is for certain. I haven't had a lot of things certain and concrete in my life. And I was just like, damn, how do you take a diagnosis like this and then from the 80s when you aren't as educated when people aren't as educated as we are now and flip it and make it such a um um i'll say a beautiful thing because of the reaction it wasn't oh my god i'm gonna die and whatever it was uh, like a very empowering like i'm taking hold of what it is that like i'm grabbing life by the horns and i'm riding that motherfucker till i can't ride no more and i was like oh Blanca, clearly, I don't, we don't even have to get there. Blanca is my favorite of this episode, hands down. Like, I just, and her standing up to mother towards, you know, the middle of the of the show, that fucking took me out. Like, she, in mother's speech, oh my God. And you can, I can tell that, well, I assume that <laughs> um, mother's relationship with Blanca is rocky. We don't know why. But there's this look that she gave her, she being mother, gave to Blanca over like the course of a couple seconds and where she's wearing her like Diane Carroll get up and, um, and it looks like sadness. Like I feel as if from that small moment and then the arguments they had before, like maybe Blanca was mother's favorite or that's her greatest mistake like she feels like she failed her there's something there and I'm really ready for that to be unpacked like I'm fucking phenomenal phenomenal Uh, but then I like how the show plays with Blanca's diagnosis and it isn't done in a very kind of cheesy way like this isn't the oh this is the AIDS episode it's Oh God, like you just have to watch it. It's so much. It's an hour. And I was sitting here crying about my house only being half an hour. And then I turn on the pose and pose has an hour and it's such rich, good content. I'm just, I'm over the moon <laughs> with excitement. But Blanca had a lot of good lines. Really everybody had a lot of good lines in this show, um, especially this first episode. And I wrote down a few. Um, I know Blanca said, um, uh, a ball. Oh, well, she was talking to Damon, so I'll get to him in a minute. But she said a ball is a gathering of people who are not welcome to gather anywhere else. A celebration of the life that the rest of the world does not deem worthy of celebration. Like, what the fuck? 
these writers like Janet Mock. Like, I don't know. I don't know if Janet Mock did that. But you motherfuckers are killing it. Like, oh, my God. Um, what else? What else? What else? Um, yeah, you ever consider joining a house? A house is a family that you get to choose. That was pretty good. But there were so many good fucking moments in here. So we're introduced to the House of Abundance. And then we center in on Mother. And then we center in on Blanca and then the rest of the house as a whole when stealing these garments and then we move on to Damon now Damon is a guy who's at this ballet class and he's doing a damn good job and he is a lighter skinned guy he comes home he's dancing to his little mixtape in his bedroom dad comes in and whoops his ass this show gives you violence like the, the ass will be, and I'm sure some kind of way it was like they made it safe for the actors but the way it's edited and they're acting I don't know if he if dad really hit Damon a couple times or if it was like a softer hit but they edit, whatever it was you felt this ass whooping that Damon got and I like this the conversation with Damon and his dad because it's like you know I you're supposed to be in school and I go down to the bar and kick with my homies and they laughing because Tom didn't saw you dancing or whatever. Then he pull out this like, I guess a porn magazine with this white guy on the cover. Like it's from his probably navel up and he's shirtless. It's like, all right, what's this shit? And your mama told me, you know, oh, he's just sensitive. He's an artist. You got to treat him a certain way. So I let her raise you. And then this, how you repay us. You come in here with this gay shit. And I'm like, God damn, this is intense. Like what the fuck? And that's before he whooped his ass. Then we see Mama coming down the street, Mama being Damon's mother, uh, biological mother, and she's coming down, and beautiful, beautiful black woman, uh, got a little fade, whatever, looking good. Dad is a light-skinned guy with a with a uh, bald head. He looks kind of short. I don't know. Either way, she's walking up with her groceries. She hear her baby getting beat. She runs through that door, and I'm like, okay, Mama, break this shit up. Let them have their whatever, and then let's move on to the next scene. But you, I'm thinking this is Mama Bear going after to save her cub. She's like, nah, nigga, this is how you repay me. I, I do this and whatever, and you bring this shit in here, you sinful gay motherfucker, this and that. And, like, she's beating his ass, too. I'm thinking, like, oh, nigga, I don't want to see anyone else put their hands on Damon this entire show. He has got his ass whooped enough. He had kind of a, like, nervous breakdown where he's throwing shit. It's, oh. This is a good show, guys. <laughs> I implore everyone to watch it. Uh, and we see the evolution. You know, really what it is, it honestly feels like we got a movie. And this is an eight-episode series, so I would imagine it's going to feel like eight movies, like this uh, post-cinematic universe, because this is so much shit. Like, I don't know if the, the creators and showrunners and whatnot are taking a cue from our you know, folks over there across the pond. But when it comes to British TV and you get that six episode series or eight episode series and it's concise, but it's jam packed with a lot of shit where you feel like you've watched 13 or 22 episodes. That's how this feels. And I am, I'm in love with it. So kudos to everyone over there at FX doing the damn thing with Pose uh, episode one was fucking phenomenal. I didn't even touch on half of the shit that was there. Like the balls themselves. The music 
the music that's played throughout this fucking series is like, give me the soundtrack, the mixtape after the show is done. Like, it's going to be a bunch of fucking 80s bangers, like good shit. Um, oh, Angel. I want to touch on Angel. Angel and Stan. Yeah, Stan, the white guy. They, oh man, it's like you're getting different aspects of this life in the same way that in my house, you have all these people who's part of this ballroom scene community, but you have all these different kind of paths that you walk. And we're getting the same thing. And with Angel, Angel is a very sweet, like, girl. She gives me a very youthful uh, feel. Though she's she's grown. I imagine, I don't want to say grown. Maybe, like, I think Angel may. I would put Angel in, like, between 19 and 22. And she's a sex worker. Uh, her and Stan meet. They go back to a hotel. And this scene really had me anxious. Had my nerves bad. Because there's a moment where they come in and she sits down on the chair. And she's like, well, what's this? you never done this before. I've seen you driving around for about three months. Now you finally stopped. And he's like, yeah, I'm celebrating. I got a new job. He got a job at the Trump Tower. Good Lord. So, um... She's like, okay, well, whatever. This is your first time? He said, yeah. She said, well, it isn't my first time. And gets up and's wearing like this black halter top and this white skirt and some like knee-high boots. It had like a pink fur. Took the fur off. And so he's like, uh, take off your skirt. So she pulls the skirt down. And then he's looking at her. And the way they set the scene up, he's sitting on the bed in his suit and coat. And he's a little shy, nervous or whatever. He's like, now, you know, take off your panties. And she begins to pull them down. And, of course, this is cable TV. They're not showing a lot. But the idea is that she's a, she, Angel, is a uh, pre-op transgender woman. And and uh, as a quick aside, if I get any of these terms wrong or are is borderline offensive, let me know, Carefree Blur, because that's not my intention. Correct me. Let's, you know, learn together. But so she she pulls down her panties and then the, the camera pans up. So you see like from navel up. And there was this like maybe four or five second window where I was very anxious because I thought that he was going to attack her, that he was going to fight her. And the space that she occupies, she being Angel, um, as a sex worker, like on the street or corner or whatnot, I don't know if it should just be understood that that is where trans women are or cause they all look like women. Like, they, I mean, they're, they're all women. So I don't know if this is cis women and trans women mixed together. So that scene kind of confused me because I, like I said, I didn't know, I thought he was going to attack her. I've seen previews for the show. So, and I see them together. So I know that he didn't, but in that moment I was like, Oh shit, he's going to try to kill her. Now she's going to have to whoop his ass in some kind of way, they get back together. I don't know. But that's a testament to the show. Because though I've seen the previews, I was still nervous at that 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 particular point in the episode. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, we get, we get, and we get a lot with these characters. Like we get a lot with Blanca. We get a lot with Angel. We get a lot with Damon. Uh, we get kind of this world where I think Blanca, Angel, Damon, and then Mother are probably going to be the main four, like in the ballroom community. But then you have this supporting cast that is around them. Like there's a guy who Damon ends up sleeping on the park bench in New York. And from 
Pennsylvania or from Pittsburgh. I don't know where he's from, but they say it on the show. And the guy, like Damon is asleep on a bench and then the homeless guy tries to take his cover. And he's like, he fights with him. And then the guy walks over and his Adidas tracksuit was like, I told you to hold on to your stuff when you sleep or something. I'm thinking like, and it didn't feel out of place. But I was like, when did you meet this nigga? Like, how long have you been away from your parents? Because your clothes are still clean. Not that they're just dirty because you don't live anywhere. But for you to be sleeping on this park bench for so long, he seemed very put together. It seemed like he literally just left where he was with his parents and ended up on this park bench. So I was I was confused. But all in all, good ass fucking show. And I am here for it. Uh, favorite character is... Blanca, like there is no denying, Blanca is my favorite of this week. Like uh, Angel came in a very, very close second. I really liked her, but Blanca, her, she is a mother. And, and the thing that really sold it for me was close to the end when she spoke to that woman at the dance school. That little conversation they had. It, Blanca, that actress, kudos. You're doing it. You're you're doing it and doing it and doing it. Oh, doing it and do it. no. Um, so my least favorite. I don't know if I, I don't even feel right having one of those because I can't even say mother because mother though she is the antagonist, fucking killed it. Every scene that this motherfucker was in, I ate it all up. Um, so my least favorite is probably James Vanderbeek. James Vanderbeek and he's I think his character's name is Matt. Adam, I'll say he's my least favorite. Because even Stan and Polly and the kids and stuff, like what we got of them was okay in my book. It wasn't terrible. Uh, but Matt, James Vanderbeek's character, I, I could take him or leave him. And I don't know how um, integral he'll be to the plot going forward, but I don't know. Bayou. And uh, a favorite scene. Oh, no, there's so many. Um... Jeez, favorite scene. Well, no, it, it'd have to be Blanca um, speaking to, the, like, pleading her son's case. Because there was a, a, a moment, something was said where the, uh, the woman who is over the dance, the dean of dances or whatnot, was like, just who are you? And Blanca was silent and she said, I'm his mother. And it was so heavy. Oh, my God. Just... Good job, guys, over there at fucking FX. Um, I'm really happy that we have two shows like this existing at once. Uh, on Viceland, we do have My House, and on FX, we have Pose. I'm very excited that these two shows exist, and we're getting more than one depiction of these people. Um, like I said, with Pose, I'm still kind of on the fence. I really like Angel, so I can accept Stan and this like pretty woman type of storyline that they have but I have to see it going somewhere I do not want to get a lot of Stan and his family if it doesn't make sense for the story I don't want them to outshine the queer people the LGBTQ community that is on this show uh, they haven't let me down from this first episode I feel really hopeful and I think that this is going to be a pretty good show so um Fuck with me, y'all. Let's um, let's tweet. This show comes out on Sundays. Let's live tweet if we can. Well, if I can't, hell. No, um, let's live tweet. Use the hashtag uh, House of Poser or Poser Pod, and I'll have those in the show notes. Uh, yeah, I don't think I've ever had a show with two hashtags, but 
use one or the other or use both hell <laughs> so we're going to uh catch that and then i'm thinking this show will probably come out on fridays i think that's that, that should work so um yeah this is part of the carefree black nerd summer series uh hit me up at carefreeblacknerd.com email me at carefreeblurred carefreeblacknerd excuse me at gmail.com if you have any questions comments concerns you have something that you want me to talk about on the show if there's something on the show that you caught that I didn't or something you want to kind of delve more into let me know and um so shit this has been the first episode of uh house of poser or poser podcast we'll see I'll I'll figure it out and you'll see it <laughs> the title when you click on this episode but again thank you guys for listening and thank you for supporting so far and let's let's support this show and get those numbers up so that we can get a season two three four five and six much like what we're trying to do over there at my house so um until next time the category is